All right, this is Chaz Palmitary, the Chaz Palmitary Podcast. We have a new episode today. Obviously, it's Monday at 11 o'clock. But before we start, I bring on my incredible legend of a guest here right now. I'd like to tell you where I'll be for the one-man show, chazpalmentary.net. Just go to that. I was very excited to do my 10,000 show at the St. George Theater in Staten Island last week. And uh, here we go. May 13th and 14th, I will be at the Seneca Niagara Casino in Niagara Falls. Two big shows, May 13th and 14th in Niagara Falls at the Seneca Niagara Casino. October, I'm going to be in Boston. I love Boston. My son went to Berkeley. He loves Boston. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm not a big fan of the Boston Red Sox, but I love Boston. I'm going to be at the Emerson Colonial Theater in Boston and in Pittsburgh for two shows on November 11th and 12th. In Pittsburgh, I'm going to be at the Byroom Theater. Get tickets. And I got a sneak uh, date coming up on Broadway one night only, but I don't want to talk about it. I will talk about it in the next few weeks. So don't forget to go to my social media for chazpalmentary.net. You can pick up the card, The Saddest Thing in Life is Wasted Talent. And you could pick up the great merchandise that I have. Just go to my social media, Instagram, and uh, or chazpalmentary.net. Okay, today... I've been trying to get this guy for two years on the show here. Finally, I got him. He's a legend, and people say that word legend, but no, this guy is a fucking legend. I'm serious when I say that. I'm not going to say who he is yet. He was an actor. He's a boxer. He's a martial artist, a celebrity bodyguard, a stuntman. And he was, he's not anymore, I want to say, he was the president, the president of the Hells Angels, uh, the guy's an incredible guy, great storyteller, uh, really terrific actor. I directed him in Oz. The legend, the myth, the man, Chuck Zito. <laughs> Here he is, the great Chuck Zito. Thank you for that great introduction, man. Oh, you're welcome, <laughs> Chuck. You're welcome. Now, a lot of people, Chuck, don't know. The, uh, maybe some do. Your dad was a professional fighter, right? Yes, yes. My father fought in the 30s and the 40s. Wow. As a lightweight and welterweight. Had 228 fights. 228? 228 fights, yes. Holy God. I mean... And lost 20 of them. And only lost 20? 20, yeah. I mean, how old was he when he retired, Chuck? My father was young. My father retired at 28. And he had 200-something yeah. Well, then they used to fight every four weeks. Four weeks. He used to fight three times a week. <laughs> really? Four weeks. Three times a week, sometimes twice a night. Now, what, what do you fight? Is a welterweight? He fought as welterweight and lightweight. Lightweight and welterweight. Lightweight? Yeah. Oh, so he was lightweight and welterweight. Yeah. Yes. Now, and, when and, you were boxing. And, and he was, you know, Rocky Graziano's stable mate. They had the same manager, Irving Cohen. They had the same stable mate. Same, they were in the wow. same stable. Irving wow. Cohen was their uh, manager. Well, I mean, you know what? I always People don't realize there were so many great fighters back then, oh, 30s and 40s. A lot of great Italian fighters back absolutely. then. Absolutely. Everybody. You had everybody back then. You right. had Jews, Italians, you had Irish, you had everybody fought back in the day. Right. I mean, people don't realize how many great fighters there were. I mean, uh, Tony Zale. Uh, I mean, I remember oh. Tony Zale was a great fighter, you know, for Graziano. So, hey, Bojack, you had, you know, Robinson, you had, you had Henry Armstrong. Right. Well, Sugar Ray great. Robinson to me was the greatest fighter who ever lived. For me. Yeah. Pound for pound. You know, the guy had 128 fights, lost one, and had like 80 knockouts. 
before he was age 38. He started yeah. losing fights when he got older. Oh, but, yeah, I think he, I believe he had a lot more than that. No, he yeah. ended up having 200 fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he lost 16 or 20, but those were after the age 40. Yeah. That's how great this guy was. Yes. You know, uh, so, Chuck, when you, um, I mean, how did you get into acting? How did that happen? I got into acting when I became a Hell's Angel. When you believe it or not, really? Wow. Uh, we got to tell I, people that you were, you were the one responsible for getting the Hell's Angels into uh, Bronx. Bronx Tale. Tale, absolutely. Those were my guys. Those were yes, your guys. Yes. In fact, uh, when I got them, Bobby says, "Look, I wanted the real deal. I want these guys," and I, I brought them down there. Uh, we used five Hell's Angels and and one friend, Sonny, and right. uh, and they had two other guys. I don't know who they were, but. Uh, in fact, I set up that barroom scene myself and I Doug Coleman. That. Doug Coleman was the stunt coordinator on the show. But when That's we did right. the fight scene, we that famous line, now you just can't leave. Now you just can't leave. When I, I never thought when I wrote that line that I would never, <sighs> it would last for an eternity like oh, this. Oh, forget it. It's the greatest yeah. line. But you know, what's, you know what's great about that? And let's, we're going to go back and forth with your career. But I'm sure you were there, and you remember, for those of you, uh, Bob says to me, he whispers, he goes, Chaz, you know, they're not actors. He goes, but they're the real deal. Piss them off a little bit, you know. <laughs> so, so De Niro tells me to piss them off a little bit. So I said, all right, you know. So Bob says, we're going to do some improvs. Be, you know, then we're going we're gonna to roll, but we're going to do some improvs, then just go into the scene. So we're doing improvs, and I'm cursing at them. I'm going, you fucking guys, you think you're tough guys. Who the fuck you think you are? And you could see it. And all of a sudden I said, you fucking hell's angels. And the guy with the red hair. Steve, Steve, Steve goes, Steve oh, he goes, oh, oh, wait, wait a minute, cut, cut, cut. He, yelled, he actually said cut. <laughs> so we all stopped, and I said, what the fuck did I do? I, I said, what's up? He goes, he goes, you know, I know what you're doing. You can improv. He goes, but you can't use the word Hell's Angels. Hell's Angels, yes. He said, you can't say that word and dis disrespectful. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay. So uh, I, I didn't Absolutely. say it. So I could say whatever I wanted to them. Yeah. But I could not. Angels, I yes. could not bring up the word yes. Hell's Angels. Yes, people, you know, live and fought and died for that. that so it's a very name. secretive society. Oh, it's it's uh, pretty well. And and you mentioned me earlier that I was the president. Yes. of the Hell's Angels. I was the president of my charter. Your Hell's charter. Angels no match. I'm sorry. Yes, there's no one president that rules the whole club. Everybody has their own offices, their own, you know. President, vice president. Are they down. independent from everybody, or are they kind of still together? Oh, no, everybody's still together. I mean, everybody's the same. We're on the same page, but there's no one president that overrules the whole club. Now, who was the who was the famous president? What was his name? Was Sonny, I think? Sonny Barger. Did you know him? So, of course I know him, yeah. Of yes. course. Of course. Is he still alive? Yes, sure? he's 83 years old now. Is he still a Hells that, Angel? They got a, yes, he's still a Hells Angel. He just had his 65th anniversary as a Hells Angel. Holy and, uh, shit. Yes. Now, he's a legend, obviously. Oh, he's he's the man. Everybody, you know, thinks that Sonny is the president, but everybody respects Sonny, and he's the oldest member and the longest living member. And Wow. Um, was he a tough guy, Chuck? Yeah, you know what? He was wiry. He was, I, I think Sonny only weighed like 160 pounds well, back in the day. What made him so, uh, like, people just, just followed his lead? You know what, Sonny, back in the day, now, Sonny started the Oakland Hells Angels April 1st, 1957. The club actually started March 17th, 1948, in San Bernardino. Wow. Then it went to San Francisco, and then Sonny started the Oakland Hells Angels. So everybody thinks Sonny started the club. He didn't. He did. He started in, in San Bernardino, and they call it for short Purdue. 
Hey, Chuck, how many um, chapters are there of the Hells Angels? Oh, there's... There's a lot. Hundreds all over the world. And you were, you were president of the Nomads. I was president of the Nomads so right here in New York, yes. In New York. Yes. So you guys would just travel all over. All over. All over. And you all would over. have we different... We did runs. We did... We rode our bikes all over this Everywhere. country. And I always rode... I always rode a hardtail. I always built hardtails. What is you a hardtail? A mean? chopper. A chopper. In other words, there's no springs. It's all rigid frame and... And wow. uh, yeah, would you be judged by uh, the type of bike you rode in the Hell's Angels? No, no. It's just that was my that was, that was my my. You know, uh, when I built them, I built the bikes for me. Yeah, but I mean, if you were a Hell's Angel, you couldn't drive a Honda. No, Harley's no, only. No. You had to drive Harley's a Harley. Yeah. yeah, back in the day, now they've changed. I, I, guys have victories. Guys have. Uh, BMWs now? Really? Yeah, but back in the day, you could only have a Harley Davidson. Are you still loyal to Harley? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I ride nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. No, that's it. Are there it. Harley Davidson? Are there some other motorcycle companies that you just are fond of that are like Triumph? Hey, or? look, everybody. I mean, I don't you know knock a guy because of the bike he rides, but you know, it, it was something that uh, I saw. Uh, we just did a, a a fundraiser called Hogs for Hope. And I lead the pack every year. And it was, had to be I, maybe close to 1,000 motorcycles. It right. was really something. But what happened was we had a police escort, 50 motorcycle police were escorting us. And they were from uh, Yonkers. They were from uh, really? the county. They were from Hastings. They were from uh, uh, Connecticut. They right. came from all over. It was great to... to, to uh, you know, volunteer for that day. So you got along with the police good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What they did, they do is they block every intersection and every highway so we could just go through every light. It's right. it's it's a hell of a scene. Now, so there was a cop there, yeah. you know, and everybody had a Harley Davidson, but this one cop had a Kawasaki. <sighs> I says, and I think he was, if I'm not mistaken, right here in Bedford. Really? He was from Bedford. Wow. Because it was a rich, rich, you know, a city, and was saying, you're riding a Kawasaki. So right. I told him, I said, he goes, yeah, we ride Kawasaki's. I said, you know, I used to have a Kawasaki when I owned my boat. I used it for an anchor. <laughs> and he just went, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so he wasn't crazy about so was, that. Yeah, yeah. So other than the Hells Angels, what would yeah. you say was the second most famous motorcycle uh, gang? There isn't any, just the Hells Angels. <laughs> you know, that's it. You can't even mention the name. I get you it. Know. I get it. Now, Chuck, people don't realize Chuck... You were my stuntman in a movie, right? Not yes. Scarred City, 1998? Scar yes. 98. But I think we did it in 96 or, or, or early 97. It came out in 98. That's right. It came out in 98. So, wow. Yes. And, and that's where I did a staff fall also there, if you remember. I did a staff fall. Oh, that's I, right. I did your, uh, you know, I, I stunt double you. You stunt double yeah. me. Now, you stunt double Stallone at times, I stunt didn't you? double a lot of people. No, no, I never did. I wanted to for the longest time. Because you look like him. I mean, uh, yeah. I remember back, well, you know, when you guys were young. You yeah. were in both fact, I did a movie with him, I believe it was 96, uh, The Specialist. Yes. With Sharon Stone and Jimmy Woods and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I was in a scene with him in the background, and the director says, cut, cut, cut. He goes, Chuck, you got to come out of there. You guys look too much alike. Wow. I said, then pull him out. Don't pull me out. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. But to get back out of the acting, what happened right. was, when I became a Hell's Angel, Sandy Alexander, who was the president of New York City, yeah. he was a stuntman in the movie business. Right. And, and uh, they needed a bunch of bikers for a movie we were doing. Right. 
Alex Stevens was a stunt coordinator in a movie called Dead Ringer with Sharon Meatloaf. Yeah. And Sandy, of course, hired all the Hells Angels. Right. So we had uh, we all had tuxedos on with meatloaf on our back. Wow. There's like 18 Hells Angels. Really? So after that movie, I caught the stunt bug. And that's how I got into it's being a stuntman. So you were a stuntman first before first, an actor. Yes. And then wow. I was doing a lot of stunts. I've done 78 movies as of today as a stuntman. You never saw me. You only saw my name at the end of the credits. Right, right, right. And right. I've done 76 movies, you know, besides. Wow. But, uh, yes, that's how it got started. Uh, Sandy Alexander, if it wasn't for the Hells Angels, they're the ones who opened the doors for me. Right. Now, you left the Hells Angels in 2005. 2004. 2004. 2004. And when, when someone years. leaves the Hells Angels, you just say, I'm leaving? You just say... Well, you know what? I was a member for 25 years. I, I, I went all... We went all over the place, and uh, right. you know, I gave the club 100% of my, my life. I mean, I right. went all over the place. We went to, you know, Sturgis and Laconia and uh, Daytona and every place. Right. Uh, then later on, you know, after 25 years, I was working a lot more, getting yeah. a lot of more parts and everything. Right. So I felt, you know, I was missing runs. I was missing meetings. And I felt if I couldn't give 100% anymore, it was time to quit. And I quit. 2004, after 25 years. Now, I know uh, some Hells Angels, when they quit, they have to block their patch. Well, it depends. I mean, if you're, in, you're out in good standing and... Then and you could keep it on. You could keep it. Guys who, of course, you know, get thrown out or uh, out in bad standing, uh, the tattoo comes off. Now, how One way or another. One way or another. Well, what were the ways that the Hells well, Angels, they'd burn it off? Uh, you know what? Guys use an iron... Guys use a grinder. Oh. oh. Yeah, oh it depends on uh, the severity of your... Uh, your crime. Yeah. Your, your punishment. I'm going through tattoo removal right now, and I'm doing it professionally, and it's the worst pain I've ever experienced. I can only imagine having... Oh, you have tattoos? Yeah, and I'm getting one removed right now, and I can right. only Why imagine... You just don't get it covered over, or you just want to take them off? It's very big, and it kind of stops. It, it's a pain in the ass for acting, so I'm trying to get it removed. Yeah, uh, you know what? There's a thing now called uh, makeup. You know, I, you act I'm, doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a movie now. We're Yo, putting Sly, makeup yeah. on it. If, if you think about it, Sly's whole body is fully tattooed. He's all tattooed. Yeah, his whole from his uh, 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 where his sleeve starts yeah. all the way up, the way. his whole chest, his whole back. It's all tattooed. Yeah. Hmm. Well, when he does something, he wants to cover it. They use the makeup. They spray it on. Yeah. Probably. Wow. Yeah. Are there I, are there tattoos that you get? Like a hierarchy of tattoos for the Hells Angels? No, no. There's no. only one tattoo, the club tattoo, that's it. And you have to do... It says Hells Angels, has a death head MC, and whatever charter you're from. And where do you get that? Uh, guys, put it, you know, where I put mine over my heart. That's how I felt. It was from over my heart, so... Right, but you could have it anyway. You could have it on your back, your arm, Yeah. you know. Not, not Chuck. You don't mind me saying this. I mean, look, we all have done things in our lives, myself included. You spent some time in the joint, right? Uh, yeah, six years. Where did you spend uh, time in the joint? Where was it? I started in Tokyo, Japan. I was in, four, in Japanese prison for four months. What? What the hell is a yeah. Japanese no prison shit. like? <laughs> yeah. I was out there, actually, with Bon Jovi and Joan Jett. You were bodyguarding Bon Jovi. And uh, we, we met them out there, and we, we went to the concerts with them. And uh, Yes. And then back in, actually, we just had the, uh, what's today is uh, May 2nd was right. the raid 37 years ago. So we we were out in J Japan. There was twenty Hell's Angels went out there, and we were voting on a, a Japanese uh, club out there to become yeah. Hell's Angels. 
So we went out there and we had the power to vote them in if we we if they deemed fit. Uh, of course, they didn't. But while we were out there, they had a nationwide manhunt uh, uh, for myself and another Hell's Angel. And on May 2nd, it was uh, called the Rough Rider investigation. Right. And uh, we were watching CNN News and we saw our pictures on the... On the uh, that the United States yeah. was looking for. <clears throat> yes, yes. So they raided a bunch of uh, clubhouses through the United States. 150 people were arrested. Right. Only 33 of them were members of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club. And I was one they were looking for. They raided my home. They knew I was in Japan because they had my phones tapped. Right. But they just wanted to hurt my family. So they, yeah. they, they, they had tanks, blocked the whole street off, broke into my, my, my house in New Rochelle and took my wife and daughter out of bed with shotguns at their head. Yeah. And they knew I was in Japan. Wow. They were just yeah, they wanted to, to hurt, hurt me and hurt my family, and that's yeah. what happened. So they sent so, your warrant over to Japan. Basically. Yes, we, they had a, mesh, a nationwide manhunt for us in Japan. Right. We were in the Japanese Times, myself and another Hells Angel named Bert, and our pictures were all over the place. Was the Japanese prison a lot tougher than American prison? Oh, forget about it. Really? It. Let me tell War, you something. Worse than American? What happened was we didn't want to come and take a, take a, a plane home right. and get caught on a plane. <clears throat> so we showed good faith and we surrendered to the United States Embassy in Japan. Ah. To have us sent back, right? So we could get bail, right? Because we surrendered ten thousand miles away. Now we, but what we did, mm -hmm. the, we went to, uh, we went to uh, before we went to the embassy, we did a, an interview with CNN News in our hotel room, right? We're going to surrender today because we want it all recorded. So we, yes, we had it recorded that we're surrendering. They followed us to the prison. I mean to. To the uh, embassy. To the embassy. Right. <clears throat> Once we got to the embassy, we says, we're wanted in the United States. We're here to surrender. And they didn't even know what to do looking at each other. Okay, they put us in a room. Two, two Marines were guarding the, the door. And they came back about a half hour later and says, uh, look, we can't keep you here. You can leave. I said, what do you mean we can leave? <laughs> I said, we're wanted here in, 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 in Japan. Right. And we just want to show good faith to get bail when we get home. Right. No, you, you can leave. You can't stay here. I said, okay, did you call the Japanese police? They said, yes, we did. I said, okay, then you hand us over to the Japanese police. And when we walked out there, they, was, they were all over the place. And they had two paddy wagons. They put me in one and Bert in the other, and they brought us to this prison. You know, big walls and everything else. When we got like? there, wow. oh, it was crazy. So it's we crazy. get out there. It was like a 40-watt light bulb. It was dingy, damp. And we said, wow, I think we got a problem. <laughs> wow. So they wow. said we'd be, the next day, we'd be gone and, you know, shipped back to New York. That didn't happen. They kept us in a prison for four months waiting to be extradited. So we wow. had to go through now, that. Now, when you came here, what prison did you go to here? In, the in first one, when I got extradited back to the States, uh, the first one was, of course, MCC, Metropolitan Correctional Center. Right. Downtown Manhattan. Now, when a Hells Angel goes to prison, are there other Hells Angels in prison sometimes? Uh, because we had so many people, there was 150 people arrested in our case. Right, there was. And we had 33 who were members of the Hells Angels. Right. Uh, a lot of times we went to, uh, especially in MCC, there was right. 20 of us there. So you hang out together? Yeah, yeah. We go down. Uh, back then you were allowed to fight your case, so we go down to the attorney's room. You right. were allowed to you know, be what you call defendants. So after you left MCC, where did, where did you, where they send you up And to? the crazy thing about that, if you remember back in 1985, they arrested all the five families. Yes, 
because of the, you know, the, the Windows case and everything. That's so right. they had all the five families there. They had all the Hells Angels there, and they had all the ghost shadows who they busted from Chinatown. So we were wow. all there at one time. Wow. And we all took up the attorney rooms. There was like four, four or five attorney rooms, and we would take one, you know, the wise guys would have one, the ghost shadows would have one, all the Hells Angels would have one. And we'd be supposed to be talking about a case, so you were allowed wow. to bring a, a tape recorder, listen right. to your tapes. We brought, you know, Bruce Springsteen and right. Billy Joel tapes, and we were listening to that. Wow. <laughs> were there a lot of New Yorkers in the Hells Angels? Well, in New York there are, yeah. No, like, like you don't really see New York synonymous with bikers. I, is it like a... a oh, is it is. A, yeah. Hundreds. Really? Probably thousands of clubs in New York State alone. Now, do you still oh, have a club downtown? Actually, after 50 years, they sold the building oh. and moved to Throg's Neck. Now they're they're right on the water. Yeah. They took wow. an old American Legion hall and, and, and... Are any of those guys from the movie that yes. we did still in the Hells Angels? Yes. And where Butch, are they? Butch Thro- Garcia, the Steve Bonji. Yeah, they're in Throg's Neck. Uh, Greg Dami moved yeah. from Massachusetts. He's in, he's in uh, 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 Richmond, California right now. Of course, you know Steve Kendall died before the movie even came he out. He never even saw the movie. Never saw the movie. He died. Uh, he was on a Bruckner Expressway and a bus... Ran him off the road into a guardrail, and he had no helmet on, and wow, got killed. What a shame! I because I remember every, over the years when I was doing my show, I would always get somebody like a son of one of the Hell's Angels who was yes, in the yes, show. Yes. I think it was, I don't know if Steve had children, but yeah. they would come over to me and said, "Yeah, my father was one of the angels. He was in yeah. the movie." And and then I saw a couple of the angels. I was away somewhere, and he said, "Yeah, you remember me?" I I. I Wow, I was like yeah. freaked out. So the only guys that stole in it is uh, Greg and uh, Butch, uh, Steve. I mean, I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, Butch, um, Steve Bonji. Which one was Butch? Butch was the the the, the, uh, the skinnier guy, the skinnier, skinnier guy. And he's still in Who, the fat, what's his name? Was getting yeah, him yeah, guess yeah, the ball, yeah, yeah. squeezing him, yeah. you know, like squashing him. Squash him, that yeah. was Steve. Uh, a Greg Dami is still in. I like Butch. to. You got to take me to Throg's Neck one day. I like to just see those some of those absolutely, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. And say I'd hi to, to them. Yeah. And say, no, uh, you. you know, I, I, a couple more questions about because I'm always fascinated yeah. about prison. I never been arrested. People think I'm a wise guy, but I'm not. You know, I always make. I always, yeah. <laughs> I always tell people. Well, you got to realize. I play I, wise guys. When I went did my six years. Now I went to started with MCC. Right. From there, went to. Uh, Lewisburg. Lewisburg, yeah. From there, Talladega, Alabama, Butner, North Carolina, Springfield, Missouri. So they moved the around a lot. I went to yeah. 19 different prisons in six years. They do that so you don't get comfortable. Well, they do it also because when you have a fight in prison, you get right. transferred right away to both of you so there's no retaliation. So did so. you feel in prison you had, to, you had to fight guys right away? Is that the way it is in prison? No, no. I fought guys who were in different clubs who were... Oh, our, different our, motorcycle our enemies on the street. Yeah. So they would see you in prison and say, let's just talk no, to you. No, 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 no. In fact, one guy, I won't even mention their club or a name, but I got this guy. He goes, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, man. We're, we're, we're neutral in jail. That's who the fuck told you that? If I don't like you on the street, I don't like you in jail. And that's where his whole face, his whole demeanor changed, man. He's, uh-oh, I'm in fucking problem. You know, got a problem. So you ended <laughs> up uh, taking care of him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> and then he got transferred again. <laughs> so and I had ten, 10 good fights in prison. Yeah, 10 good fights. 10 good fights. He got transferred 10 times for fights. Wow. Jesus Christ. So I was, I was all over the United States. I remember 
I directed you in Oz. Yes. We, we, you know, Chuck was one of the actors in Oz. He was terrific in it. And, and uh, you did an awesome job. And well, if you remember, you. we did the boxing scene. We did the boxing scene because obviously uh, I come, my dad was a professional trainer. I taught my son how to box. My father taught me. And your son was a professional. Your father my was father, a professional yeah. fighter. So yes. we both love boxing. And in, in fact, the great story, you got you to gotta tell my son the story of that guy because you said something about his uncle Rocky Marciano. Uh, uh, that well, just recently it, happened. That just recently, man. I don't know if I'm going to talk about that one. Well, you don't have <laughs> to if you don't want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, we don't have well, to. Well, yeah, he's just picking a fight with me. It just started in, you know, in my face and everything, and it didn't end well for him at the uh, end of the night. Well, I'm, because you were right. I mean, I love Marciano. Yeah. Marciano was a great fighter, but let's face it. He did fight some of these older guys when they were older. You know, great fighters he fought, when they were older. You know what? Marciano was a great fighter. He was always in shape, oh. trained his ass off, right. but he came at a great era. Right. The best era for him when he fought all men. Yes, he did. Okay? Jersey Joe Walker was 38 years old. Marciano was 26. And, uh, Jersey Joe Walker beat him for 13 rounds. Yeah, that's true. Danced around. Yeah, you're right. Move, move that yeah, swagger. That's right, right, right. And, but Marciano hit him that right hand against the rope, knocked him out. Wow. But That's right. Wow. Now, there's a... I got to get so many le- people when I when I told my friends when my son because my son is such a big fan of yours. He goes, oh, "Dad, ask him if this is true. Ask him if this is true." You know, now it is true and I and yes. I do I actually I actually like the actor Jean-Claude Van Damme. I actually like him. Oh yeah. You know, but I was his bodyguard back then. And you were his bodyguard. Yeah. But it's a legendary you know story. That was 24 years ago. 1998. Yes. You actually slapped him once? Oh, I did more than that. You did. But yeah. But yeah. you know what happened 24 years ago? Something happened, and uh, he was very disrespectful. And yeah, you know. Uh, no, but Chuck, you're you're a martial artist too. Yes. And did you study Brazilian jiu-jitsu? I trained with uh, Henzo Gracie. With Henzo Gracie, York, New York City, yes. But I, I've I've been doing, you know, mixed martial arts since I was 16 years old. I mean, I started you're a before. Six degree black belt. Six degree in black belt in Ishiro karate. Yes, I've trained eight different styles. Really? Yes. And I'm six degree in uh, Ishiro. Do you still work out? You still work out and train, right? Not as much as I should. Not as much as you should. I mean, uh, but you still I hit used the bag every once in a while. every day. I was in a in a dojo. I had my own dojo at the time. Right. In in in, in Pelham, New York, I opened a, a, a dojo, and wow. I had a great day and used to train you know, six days a week. Now the bodyguard. Did you ever bodyguard for Mickey Rourke? Oh yeah, he was one of my first ones. Yeah, he was one of your first ones. Yeah. Wow. Well, Liza Minnelli was my first. Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli was my first client. And I remember uh, at the uh, Duran Sugar Ray Leonard fight, the right. first one. The first one. I went to the Academy of Music right. with Dan Aykroyd and John Bellucci to watch the fight. Wow. Okay. Uh, after the fight, they said, hey, let's go to this bar. I said, look, I don't drink. I don't hang right. out. I said, I'd rather go not go to places. That's where. right. You don't drink. So, never drank in my life. Never even. You don't, you don't even get high. No. Nothing. No, I have a natural high. I don't you have, have to a get natural high. high. So, amazing. I say, he goes, look, this place is a special place. It's got ballerinas. It's beautiful girls. I mean, you know, movie, everybody. I said, okay, you talked me into it. So, we go up to Cafe Central. Right. On 74th and Cafe Central, yeah. Right? Right across the street from the Beacon Theater. So I walk in there, and the place is packed. I look in the corner. John Goodman's there. Treat Williams, Peter Weller, right. uh, Liza Minnelli. Uh, Bruce uh, Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis was the bartender. Right. 
and uh, uh, um, Gina Kashan was a waitress. Wow. Well, Gina. We just yeah. worked together. We just in, worked together with Gina. In Gravesend. That's right. Right? And she was a waitress there. So wow. I started looking around and at every table, and what happened was now I'm there, oh, a good 20 minutes, and all of a sudden the guy comes up to me, he goes, uh, excuse me, he goes, uh, my name is Paul Herman. I'm the uh, maitre d'. Oh, Paulie. And uh, I got to ask you something. He goes, you know what? Uh, I got to ask you to take your jacket off because you're scaring our customers. My, my boss is asking me to take. I said, let me tell you well, something. Well, you had the Hells Angel. Yeah, jacket. I had my Hells Angel jacket on. And when I was in a club, I always wore it. I don't care where it was. Right. I wore it on trains, on planes, on horseback riding, roller skating at the Roxy Roller Rink. I always had my patch on. No matter where I went, what state I went, I always wore my patch. So he comes over. I says, let me tell you something. I don't take my patch off for anybody. You tell your boss to come see me. So a couple minutes later, this little guy comes over, Peter Herrera. Peter Herrera. Peter Herrera. Herrera. Yeah. All right. Herrera. So he comes over. He goes, what's the problem? I says, well, you tell me. Your guy's telling me to take my jacket off. He goes, well, you're scaring all my customers. And so I'm asking you to take the jacket off. I said, I don't take my jacket off for anybody. Okay? He goes, well, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I said, well, I came here with friends. When they leave, I'm leaving. I said, you know what? Here's the table. I said, sit down. I started talking. I said, first of all, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Never took a drug in my life. Never tried it. And we started talking for about a half hour. And at the end of the conversation, he goes, you know what? You're welcome here anytime you want. And that was That it. became my new home. Your new home. My new home. I was there every night. And Bruce, and Bruce Willis was the bartender. Bruce Willis was the bartender. He used to make me eight creams. Really? Really. Wow. And then, of course, everybody went there. De Niro, Pacino, sure. Joe yeah. Pesci. Everybody. Everybody did. hung out at Cafe, Cafe Central. Cafe Central. So what happened one night? I'm sitting with Paulie. Now they had the greatest chocolate cake. I would sit there with a piece of chocolate cake and a glass of milk. Right. With my Hells Angel patch on. Right. Right? So one night I'm standing there talking to Paulie, and this is after we had the, the dessert and everything. So I had a Coca-Cola there. And a hand comes in. Grabs my Coke, and I figure somebody I know. I look up, and there's a guy. Never saw him in my life. I says, hey, what are you doing taking my soda for? He goes, I, I was thirsty. I said, oh, really? I got up. I says, you're thirsty? How about I knock you, you know, fuck out, right? Yeah. He goes, yeah, well, there's three of us. I went outside, right? Yeah. We went outside. Boom, three shots, three knockouts. In the middle of the street. Right. Right? As they're laying there, who comes turning around the corner and in his car? Peter Herrera, Treat Williams, and Peter Weller. He wow. comes out, see? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So Paulie goes, wait a minute, Peter. These guys started with him. He just ended it, and he took it outside. He right, didn't do right, it inside. Right. And he comes back to me later. He goes, okay. He goes, I apologize for, for blaming you. I heard these guys started it. Would you want a job here, he goes. <laughs> so I became the bouncer. Really? At Cafe Central. At Cafe Central, that's right. But he says, but you have to wear a suit. So I wore a suit every night. So you wore a suit. I wore a suit. And I wow. started working there. Paulie was the maitre d'. Right. Sheila Jaffe was also a maitre right. d'. Right, Sheila, Sheila Jaffe, sure, yeah. Bruce Willis, the bartender. Gina Gashan is the waitress. And everybody hung out there. So what happened was, I'm one night, we're at the car and bike show at the Coliseum in New York. Right. And uh, Robert Conrad was the, the guest celebrity there. Right. They were trying to get him in the back room. His bodyguard comes up to me. Could, could you help me get Rob in the back? Right. So I went in the front, and people parted like the Red Sea when they saw Hell's Angels. Right. So I go in the back, and I says, hey, you make money this? He goes, absolutely. I said, look, I'd like to get into the bodyguard business. He goes, the best thing to do 
Think of a catchy name. Start handing out cards. And before you know it, somebody will call you. Right. So I was a Hell's Angel. My name was Chuck Charlie. I call it Charlie's Angels Bodyguard Service. Right. Started handing out cards. Gave one to Liza Minnelli. The next day she calls me. And she goes, my sister, Lorna Luft, is doing a play called Snoopy. Right. She's getting death threats. I want you to bodyguard her. I said, okay, fine. Started bodyguarding Lorna. Right. Next thing you know, Liza called me. Once I was with Liza, she did the play with Cheetah Rivera called Cheetah The Rink. That's right. At the Martin Beck Theater. Right. Once everybody saw me with Liza, I never, never advertised. Right. It was word of mouth. So wow. everybody and everybody came to see Liza, whether it was De Niro or Pacino or, wow. or Halston right. or, 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 or Andy Warhol. Everybody came in the dressing room and had wow. to come through me. And that's how it started. I mean, Chuck Zito was the epitome <laughs> of old school. You're old school. Am I right or wrong? I'm Chuck? old school. You're totally, old your father school. was old school. My father was old school. You know, he, we always <clears throat> you know, taught us respect, especially our elders. Right. We grew up that way and on the street. Even though old I was streetwise, old school. I mean, the man is old school. Plus, you can't see it right now, but Chuck has the coolest boots on. Are those snakeskin? Snakes, python. Python? Python. Would you wear those when you were on the bike? Oh, absolutely. What w- what's like the biker uniform? Well, me, I always had, I always had, all my leathers were custom made, one of a kind. Is it really? Well, wow. I was the only one they would make it for me. A guy named uh, Dirty Bill Hampton made me. Coats when I jackets when I first uh, uh, started making it. Then uh, Lori Cole from uh, uh, Cole Leathers, yeah. she wow. started making all my other clothes, and I all had one of a kind stuff. Like if I wore Python boots, I had flames, Python flames coming all the way up my legs. I had flames coming up my 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 uh, sleeves. I mean, it was one it of was a kind. Like showman. You were showman. The- yeah, well, he's I, was the I was the Elvis of uh, motorcycles. The Elvis of motorcycles. <laughs> there are there are TCB. There are a lot of like uh, phrases synonymous with like New York families, like uh, you know he's sleeping with the fishes, things like that. Are there biker phrases that mean the same kind of thing? Like no. inside? No, not really. We we would never talk much when we had to do something. When we always did it, everyone just knew what needed to happen. You talk much. You didn't talk much. I mean. Uh, before I mean, and we're, we're coming to the end of here, but, but I, a couple of more questions, and Absolutely. then we'll talk about what you, what you have coming out, and all the things you're doing, and your and your obviously your liquor and so many other things. Before we end, I have to ask you about Sons of Anarchy, but okay, no, 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 you go, you go, you go. When, when someone, how do you get into the Hell's Angels? You have to be accepted by somebody. Is that how that works? Uh, basically, somebody sponsors you. Uh, I was in another motorcycle club. Right. Uh, we started out as the uh, New Rochelle MC in, in, in New Rochelle. Wow. Then uh, I became a chingling nomad in the Bronx. Right. And that was really the first outlaw motorcycle club I was in. Uh, the Hells Angels used to come to our parties. And uh, we used to go to their parties. And before you know it, uh, I used to paint cars and motorcycles. And I painted Sandy's bike. And then other Hells Angels saw it. I started painting their bikes. And the next thing you know, I uh, started to hang out and I so became a Hells Angel. Became a, did you remember a, a motorcycle gang called the Bronx Aliens? Absolutely. Absolutely. My friend Paul, uh, when I was a, uh, 12 years old, yeah. I went to go see Hells Angels on Wheels with Jack Nicholson and Sonny Barger. Yeah. When I went home, I built a mini bike. Right. I took a swim bicycle, took a lawnmower, put it yeah. in, 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 and I took my mother's upsweeps, right. my chrome, uh, the vacuum cleaners, right. 
pipes. Yeah. Made up my upsweeps. You made pipes out of vacuum cleaners? <clears throat> yes. Back in the day, they were all metal, <laughs> and wow. they were chrome. So that's right. So my mother was missing her handles, you know. I made them out. And so what happened was I went to Jack's Army Navy store, paid yeah. $8 for a dungaree jacket, and I wrote on the back of the jacket the opposite of Hell's Angels, Heaven's Devils. Wow. And I got on my mini bike wearing my new colors, and I was riding up and down the street. And I pulled over, and down the street on Pelham Road, I saw a big chopper there. And, of course, I went up to it, and I'm looking at it. I'm a kid, yeah, right. you know, 13, 14 years old. And uh, all of a sudden, a, a guy comes out. I look up, and he's got patches on and medals. And I said, oh, shit, there's a Hell's Angel in my neighborhood, man. Right. Wow. But what he was, he turned out to be a Bronx alien. A Bronx alien. Yeah. Those and, were the guys that went around my neighborhood. They yes. used to whack, eat up clubs yes. at the time. Yes. Yes. In fact, when you were doing a Bronx tale, I asked Bobby if he wants to use... The yeah. alien colors. And he didn't want And to, back yeah. at the day, yeah. uh, Fuzzy, who stole a Hell's Angel, he's 53 years Hell's Angel. He was a New York City yeah. member, but before he was that, he was an alien. Wow. And I asked him if we could use, uh, absolutely, he gave me permission to use for you guys. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But it was, called, you know, you guys used Satan's messages instead. Well, we didn't want to disrespect yeah. any club, and that's why yeah. we did. But Chuck, tell us about... Uh, you got this. You got this great book here, Outlaw Biker. Outlaw Biker. So, like uh, over fifty years, it's the second time. Right. I was the first one they ever did the complete issue of me five years ago, and it was the highest selling magazine. And they just did it again. Wow, that's the fantastic. whole magazine. It's not just the front or back cover. The whole magazine is about the whole me. Ma- the whole ah, magazine ah, is you. The whole magazine. One thing is about me. Chuck Zito, you don't hold back. I don't hold back. You don't hold back. Oh my God. Do you that's- remember your first bike you ever had? I had a a a, 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 a Sportster, thousand cc Sportster I who, built. Who got you into bikes? Uh, basically, uh, tall Paul Westermeyer when he was a Bronx alien. Left him my mini bike uh, fiasco. That was. I uh, went up to him. I said, "Could you give me a ride?" He gave me a ride on the bike, and I fell in love with it. And like I said, I'm 12, 13, 14 years old. And that was it. And, and that was it. And when I was 16, I built my first bike, and Paul helped me. I bought a basket case for like $500. Right. You know, basically, it's a it's the whole motor in a, in a in a milk carton. You buy the frame, and he helped me put it together. He taught me how to paint. Do you still have these bikes? No, not the first one. No, I still or, have uh, my not, bikes. Not the not the first one, but the the ones that you built over yes, your years. Yes, I, I have. Uh, you have them all still? Yes, or a lot of them. I have uh, two left. I had three, but. Uh, Last week, what uh, are you riding now? I had uh, Mickey Rock's motorcycle from Harley Davidson Marble wow. Man, the, the one and only the original. I had it for thirty years. Wow! So I just had to give it up. Uh, right. Last week. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. won't talk about that. Uh, yeah. But so you have? What do you got? You're in Gravesend. You yes, play, we're in the show Gravesend? together. I play Carmine Rizzo. Carmine Rizzo and Gravesend. Uh, I wound up getting a uh, 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 you know uh, from a rat. I get life in prison. Right. So what happened was I said, you know what? I'm going to not even be seen in this 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 show because I'm in prison. How many times are you going to show me? Right. So I'm watching the first season, which was only four episodes. That's correct. If you know. Now I see them go in a flashback. Ah. Boom. I call Willie. I said, Willie, you got to bring me in a flashback. Because when he comes to visit me, he's was seeing my daughter. I say, hey, who the fuck are you to be seeing my daughter? Right, right, There's right. No, I don't see her no more I, because out of respect for you. But, so... <clears throat> Now, it says, I says, hey, shot four fucking times. I'm still here running this fucking joint. Right. Now, I call him up. You got to show how I got shot. Have you ever been shot, Chuck? 
No. 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 It's only the movies. Only the movies. No, okay. I've been shot at, no, but, but I never got hit. Never got My hit. face, you know, from powder burns, that's how close the, the, wow. the, the, the weapon was. But uh, so he started bringing me in flashbacks. Right. So now it shows how I got shot. And it's a great, you know, I mean, oh, people, have to, to people have to see this. This second season, second season, you know, everybody's in it. You're yeah. in it. You, yeah. you, you know, your daughter's in it. Your son's in it. Everybody's in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Well, it's, your son's not in it yet. Oh, you're not in it. Oh, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it's. Oh. oh, I saw you on the set. Just I was, on, I was just. But your daughter's in it. My daughter's in it. She yes. got you a job. She. My daughter got me the job. My daughter's been in it a year already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mini Pastor's in it. Everybody is in it. I'm on Asante. William Forsythe. William Forsythe. Everybody. Lonnie, Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay. Frank Dresner. Everybody's Gina in it. Gershaw. Gina Gershon. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's so in it. This is going to be people. the new Sopranos, I believe. I hope so. I think that's great. And we're in it. And we're in it. Now, you also got a liquor coming out, right? Yes. Yes. And what is it called? It's called Rides. Rides? It's, yes. Original American corn whiskey, it's called. Wow. That's fantastic. Yes. I never drank in my life, but I'm going to have a whiskey drank, come but out. You're going to have your own whiskey. <laughs> but Chuck Zito, I mean, what can I say? You're, you're, um, and I got to say, he's a fucking legend, this guy. Thank you. They kid around when they say that about him, but, but not only, uh, you know, and I say this to everybody, I know Chuck a long time. You know what? When you look at him, you say, oh my God, you know, he's a real tough guy. He might, would he scare you? But you know what? He's a good man. He's got a good soul. And that's all that counts. You know what I mean? You got to have a good soul and you're a good man. And Chuck Zito is. And Chuck, I am proud to call you my friend, Thank my you friend for brother. Having me, brother, as always. Uh, you're, you're terrific. Uh, I, I went to see you on the set. You're doing an awesome job, as always. We go back a long time. We go back a long time. Uh, we did this other movie called Vault. We did this. We did uh, work did together you, a lot. You saw my one man show, didn't you? Did you? Uh, of course. You saw it a bunch of times. Of oh course, I saw it a bunch of times. Well, that's right. Sitting there, I brought Mike you Tyson. Brought, that's right. Chuck Zito brought Mike Tyson <laughs> to see my show. That's right. Mike, In Vegas, Mike Tyson cried. He loved he it. He told me he cried. He loved and it. Then he started. And it was because of you right. that he has his own one-man his show. His own one-man show. That's and, true? And yes, that's yes. true. I didn't yes. know about this. Yes, yes, that's true. And let me tell you something. I saw Mike Tyson's one-man show. It was fucking great. It was I, great. I couldn't believe he pulled it off. I went up to him. I said, I hugged him. I said, brother, you are amazing, man. He did a great <laughs> you job. Know, many people see my show when they go, hey, I want to do a one-man show. I go, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Mike Tyson saw it. And fucking did yes. it, and it was terrific. He Mike was Tyson's real. not the type of guy to to say something and not deliver. No, no, he. It's Mike Tyson. He did it, Spike Lee. No, he does something. He did it. He it's did done. It. I tell you, I brought him to Vegas when you yeah. had your show. Right. Uh, it, he loved it. Loved it. Yeah. He gave you gave him the uh, 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 the impetus the, to do uh, it to do it, and he and he did it. And he really did it, he which people bullshit that it. they do it, wow. but they're full of I shit. I couldn't believe it. He did it, and he was you a You saw hit. it. I saw it. Remember when he comes out of his screen with the wig and everything? He's bouncing. I mean, <laughs> first of all, I mean, Spike Lee directed it, I remember. Yes, yes. And he yes. had a great director, obviously. But he was terrific, and he did a great job. And he got his inspiration from you. Well, God bless Mike. I'm glad okay. he did. He's a good guy. So... I brought him to your show. He started a show, and you guys connected, and you're still right. friends, and we're all friends. We're all friends. Well, awesome. Chuck Zito, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This is another episode of the Chaz Palmentary Show. Don't forget, May 13th. Uh, and for, No, this will be on after that. Let me just give you my dates coming up. What do we got? September 10th at the Lancaster, in Lancaster, PA, at the American Music Theater, Boston, I love Boston. You got to come to Boston, October 9th. 
at the Emerson Colonial Theater and in Pittsburgh. Two big dates. The 22nd, I'll be there for two shows, the 11th and 12th. That's right, November 11th and 12th, Pittsburgh, PA, at the Byroom Theater. Go to charlespalmentary.net or my social media, Instagram, and you'll see where I'm at. God bless you all, and I'll see you next week.